Gentle splashes and faint blowing sounds surround me. I lean over the lifelines for a better look. Streamlined shapes plow the water alongside. Sibony is surrounded by dozens of them. They pace the boat, surface to blow out old air and suck in new, and then, with a deliberate, well-timed twist of their tail, dive and vanish into the inky sea. Wherever I look, quarter-moon-shaped dorsal fins cut the surface. In the darkness they appear to be dolphins. I love dolphins, their antics, and their company. I hope they'll stay for a while. The southeasterly has blown steadily throughout the long Pacific night, generating a deep swell, which our thirty-nine-foot cutter, Sibony, slices through on her westward course. An oppressive overcast smothers all starlight. Our masthead light produces the sole glow in the immense blackness of the vast ocean we now traverse. The Pacific Ocean, twelve hundred miles west of Panama, is more intimidating than usual tonight. As neither moon nor starlight penetrate the dense, low-flying clouds that stretch to the horizon, with every roll, Sibony speaks softly with her many voices, the creak of the dinghy pulling against its lashings, the rattle of the leeward backstay banging against the stanchion, the knock-knock inside of one of the storage lockers. Like a faithful workhorse, Sibony plows on, jousting intrepidly with both wind and waves, her heavy oak frames yield ever so slightly to the pressures of the sea, working with the elements at hand. The wind-driven autopilot holds an almost perfect course of 270 degrees west. The warm breeze fills our three sails to push our speed over the water to four and a half knots, the best we've been able to maintain. Deeply loaded, as we are with fuel, water, and stores for the sixty-day passage from Panama to Hawaii. The almost one-knot easterly current, right on our nose, continues to slow our progress. Hawaii still lies more than three thousand miles to the northwest. Not only are we hopelessly late for the start of the race to Hiroshima, but it's now obvious just catching the stragglers will be an impossible feat for Sibony. Dropping down into the cabin, where Simone sleeps soundly, I work the satellite navigator in search of a position update. Our last fix, obtained at 6 p.m. yesterday, June 14, put us at 5 degrees 30 minutes north latitude and 98 degrees 1 minute west longitude. My anxious finger punches the keypad on the satellite navigator. There is nothing new. I question the little black box for future satellite passes, and within seconds it displays its answer. The next acceptable satellites will be overhead at 3.30 this morning, still three hours away. I go back on deck to join my favorite animals. When Simone stirs, I whistle lightly. Within moments, she sits alongside me on deck and peers over the side. 
They're wonderful, she says. You know, Bill, we haven't seen dolphins in nearly three weeks, not since we left the Panama Canal. Well, I'll tell you what, we're seeing them now. Look at them, Sim. There must be hundreds. Simone leans across the lifeline to get a closer look at our visitors. Not satisfied, she reaches for the electrical panel and flips on the switch to the tower spotlight. Instantly, the boat is bathed in a spectral whitish-green aura. The black mass is now brilliantly alive. She studies the shapes closely, then slips her arm through mine and whispers, They're not dolphins, Bill. They're whales. Pilot whales. I'm sure of it. In French, we call them cachalots.